So I want to start this off by saying that this is going to be a spoiler review of Avengers Infinity War, as well as our mentions to all of the previous Marvel movies beforehand. So if you haven't seen any of those movies, then please do. I think they're all fantastic. And if you're someone who's allergic to spoilers, then please turn this off now. There's, I debated putting in this into a spoiler and non-spoiler uh, split review, but in the end, I decided that it's just easier to talk about this movie and all the spoilers because, oh my gosh, there's a lot of spoilers for this movie. I personally hate spoilers, so please turn this off. Go see the movie as soon as humanly possible. Don't turn on Reddit. Don't turn on Instagram. Don't turn off Twitter. Don't turn on your phone or your laptop or anything. Don't even turn on your hearing aids. I don't know if you want to hear anyone who's near you, but please just go to your local movie theater and see this movie if you don't like spoilers. But with that, let's get into the review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Kerfuffle. This is the show where it sounds funny in your head, but in actuality, it's a disaster. I'm your host, Skip the Tutorial. Today, it's just me. Well, actually, this week, it's just me. This is the week's podcast, but, you know, it's just me today, and that's because Spencer was a little busy. But I really wanted to talk about Avengers Infinity War today. Because, oh my gosh, I saw that movie, it was fantastic, and I really want to talk about it. So starting off, did this movie live up to my expectations? Obviously, I did a video on this channel called Ex- uh, called Excited about my movies for April, and Avengers Infinity War ended up being in the two, which it was I was something I was excited for because I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. I've seen all the movies, I've watched the TV shows, and I just love them. I've read some of the comics, not all of the comics. I'm a little, a little iffy on the comics, and sometimes I'll just watch the videos because I'm lazy and I want the recaps of what the comics can say so I can sound smarter when I'm talking to people about this so maybe you might see that creep into this review but with my experience with Marvel is that I love it and that's why I was really excited for the movie but also I was from a filmmaking standpoint I was really kind of nervous for the movie and that's why I ended up in the not excited as well because I read headlines like oh yeah scenes with 40 superheroes or whatever and that seemed like so many where I didn't know how they would be able to characterize all the heroes and there is some of that but obviously it's it's helped by having all the movies before it, whereas something with DC and they just introduce characters like Cyborg and Aquaman and all of that just into the movies. And I know what you're saying. You're going to say Aquaman actually showed up in uh, Batman versus Superman and he like we swam up and did nothing. But that was about it. But with this movie, obviously, they've had the characters who have been able to carry their own movies and they're a little bit more established. So it doesn't feel as shoehorned in as as Justice League is. And I'm I'm probably going to be comparing this movie to Justice League quite a bit, especially uh, in my speculations for Avengers 4, which I think should be called Avengers Assemble. A little side note, by the way. But, and that's just because you have these huge comic book giants. One's obviously done much better in the movies than the other one's Marvel. (laughs) No. But... Uh, I think I think it's really going to be interesting to see how uh, how Marvel can kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that DC's fallen into and how DC can maybe adjust to that. But that's not what this is about. This is about Avengers Infinity War. So, I recommend the movie, absolutely. I think that uh, from a just stepping back standpoint, the movie had great... Uh, had a lot better cinematography, which is good, because the Russo brothers, although I do like their direction and how they handle the stories in the past two movies with, that they've done for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, being Winter Soldier and uh, Captain America Civil War, they kind of look like wet concrete, where there's just not a lot of not a lot of texture, not a lot of substance to the visuals. And I think that Phase 3 of Marvel, for those of you who don't know about Marvel, by the way, and didn't tune off because you just want to hear about this movie to see if that's the place to start, uh, the Marvel movies are broken into phases. So right now we are currently in Phase 3. We're on the tail end of Phase 3. Uh, Avengers 4 will be the one rounding it out before we start off into... Uh, phase four. But right now, phase three, I believe that that series of movies really did a lot to ch- make Marvel into a much weirder and more cinematography, uh, cinematically beautiful 
franchise with movies like Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and even Doctor Strange with all the cool visuals and stuff. I, that actually kind of saves that movie. Uh, it's an interesting story, but oh my gosh, the scene with, uh, with Dormammu. Where he's, where he's the Dormammu have come to bargain scene, where he's coming back in and all the shifting and the cosmos around him. Gorgeous scene. I watch that movie sometimes just for that scene. It's fantastic. But then you have scenes like in Captain America Civil War, where you have the airport scene. It's really great, but it just, I mean, actually kind of looks like an airport tarmac. So I guess that's, <laughs> that's the whole point there. But with that being said, Putting those movies aside, I thought this movie was really cool visually. Uh, obviously, that's benefited by a lot of the the CGI kind of color corrected weirdness of the film, where you're going to all the different planets and stuff, and Titan and all of that. Which I mean, can I just say about Titan that it kind of pisses me off that even <laughs> even in Avengers: Infinity War, Titan couldn't work out. Like, gosh, that's gotta suck for Blizzard. But anywho, I really think that it's it's pretty. It was a really nice movie to see from them doing some stuff a little bit more weird. And hopefully that's a through line throughout the rest of the Marvel movies. And for what we've kind of been hearing about Avengers 4, uh, sorry, Avengers 4 and Phase 4, then I feel like we're going to be seeing more of that weird side of Marvel creep in, which is good. But this movie really did a good job at establishing all of the characters and having interesting interactions. And it actually avoided a pitfall that I was glad that it did. The movie did not put all of the characters together for one big battle. It was it was split up into different sequences. And the actual if you look at like how long a fight is going on through the movie, it goes on for the basically the whole second half, which is which is great. But you're also you're they split off the the characters into different teams and you have the characters who are on Titan, and then you have the characters who are on uh, Earth with Wakanda. And with a uh, with that, that was really kind of interesting to to see with the the ones on Titan where they're starting to get the because that's way more logically based. Like they're they're doing the with the plan and stuff, and obviously they have the cute scene with that. But just the trying to get off the glove part, that's really that was cool to see. It wasn't so much like an actual just all out mass running against mass, which some of these movies have done. Where you know at the end of Sokovia, they're going against all the uh, Ultron clone robots, and then at the ending of the first Avengers, they're going against all the Chitari, and it it feels like it feels a little less personal when you're just seeing faceless mass against kind of faceless mass with a few more characters in it. But I, I thought they did a good job at balancing it out. Um, the Titan scenes were my favorite of them, just because I like seeing more of them, more of the named characters going against obviously Thanos, and it felt more of like a, like a collaborative effort. Whereas in Wakanda, it's it's interesting. Don't get me wrong, and obviously it's super cool when you see uh, Thor into the mix. But the, the my problem with that is is that you see they're working together towards like a common goal of taking them out. But really, it didn't feel like they were and protecting Vision. That's also part of their goal. I it doesn't feel like they're really working together because other than scenes where you have uh, like Rocket Raccoon get picked up by uh, Bucky and they're twirling around in a three sixty, like they're not working together they're working together towards a common goal but they're all kind of like kicking ass on their own little fronts and that that is a little bit more warlike but i, I don't like it as much because it doesn't feel as as justified to have this style of movie to do that but that's just me obviously it's really cool um favorite characters in the movie i really liked how thor was used just because they went more with the Taika Waititi 
uh, version of of Thor from Thor Ragnarok, and that's way more interesting to me than the the bland wet paper bag version we get from just uh oh mighty thor from like avengers one and age of ultron and all of that and thor to the dark world which is just guy yeah, if you can't even remember that movie they get an infinity stone which they have to mention in this movie otherwise i think everyone would have forgot including chris hemsworth but <laughs> with with these uh, with him, it was really interesting to see. I really like that subplot with him of you know, having to reawaken the dying star where they had the dwarf playing a dwarf who is on a dwarf star and then dwarfs everyone else. Uh, and he's making a hammer that's going to... Uh, well, sorry, an axe. And, oh, it was so cool. Out of the heart of a dying star. I loved it. And the the silhouette scene where he's like flexing and he has to open it up and you just see that like the backlit against the star while he's getting blasted down. That was awesome. That was such a cool scene. Like I, I gasped in the theater. I, mean, I don't t- typically gasp in the theater because I don't even gasp in general. I don't even know if people still do that or ever did that. I think it's just a dramatic thing. But I, I was taken aback by that scene. I loved it so much and i wasn't too crazy about the other ones who came on his journey like i like rocket raccoon and i like Groot, but i guess Groot kind of was there for the handle but they 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 needed a little bit more substance and who was coming with them but i i still think that was great getting to see him come back through in the rainbow little warp down to uh down to the surface in wakanda and having to fight them all that was awesome that was so cool and then just him flying around and stuff i don't get why he didn't use his lightning powers more because it was a huge part of Thor Ragnarok that he was like able to reawaken the power of Thor with him without using Mjolnir. But that was pretty cool. Maybe he should have left his sister alive and just like waited a week. And then <laughs> then they could have fought their settled their differences because she would have probably come in handy if she's cracking his hammer um, for this this big fight against Thanos. But I guess not. Uh, or Dormammu too. That, okay, side note. I don't get... So I get why he didn't use the time stone. Well, he used the time stone in a sense of he needed to see the the fourteen million six hundred thousand five, I believe, outcomes, and only one where they win. And I guess in the one where they win, he wasn't doing the Dormammu have come to bargain scene with uh with Thanos. But wouldn't it have like wouldn't you could like try it or something? It it just seems like what what's Dormammu? Dormammu was dark energy. So is dark energy more powerful or less powerful than? Than, uh, than Thanos, because Thanos is just a guy. And you have to assume that he's from a race, because he comes from this planet. So, like, is his race just the meant-to-be-gods, or or not? Because clearly they died off. They weren't very good at it. So I don't know... I don't know where you... Get that. That's my... That's sort of a weird thing that these movies go through, where obviously they have a lot of these really badass kind of power trip scenes where you're like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. But it also kind of makes me wonder throughout the whole course of the movie... Like, okay, so who's who's the most powerful? Like, I'm constantly questioning that in my head. Like, who's the most powerful person in the movie? Because then, you know, you'll see Thor, like, tearing through, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely the most powerful. And then you just see, like, Doctor Strange, and there's thousands of Doctor Stranges, and then they're coming in, and it's like, well, is he the most powerful? And Scarlet Witch is, like, exploding in Infinity Stone, and it's like, well, I don't get what's quite happening here. I love Scarlet Witch, by the way, because I'm a huge uh, Elizabeth Olsen fan. I have, like, a dumb crush on her <laughs> she's great i thought she was really good in this movie a little pet peeved though because what happened to her accent they just forget about it and they let her talk like elizabeth olsen uh i don't know if any of you saw the uh 
the movie Ingrid Goes West, where she plays like an Instagram star in California, but she just talks like that, which I guess is just how Elizabeth Olsen talks in interviews, but it, it was just weird to hear it fade away, and I get that, like, if you look at it realistically, she's been away from Sokovia for a while, she lived with Avengers for a while, and then it's been two years even since Captain America Civil War, but it just, it throws me off quite a bit that just the inconsistencies in her talking, but whatever, I still love you, Elizabeth Olsen, just in case you're listening. <laughs> But she was great. I loved I loved her scenes. I liked the scenes with uh with with Vision in in Glasgow. That was really nice. I don't I don't know why Vision decides to just look like Paul Bethany. Uh, cause that seems a little weird. I don't even know why he would pick him. Cause obviously he's trying to be someone, but why would he pick this like blonde British guy? I have to assume that he saw them in the street. Cool, he doesn't get picked out. That's fine. But like Paul Bettany was was like a little like small British guy, and then when he's Vision, he's like this jacked like synthetic body. So I don't know why he would pick <laughs> pick the lesser of the two. But whatever. Um, I really I really thought it was kind of interesting to to see with their scenes and like oh my gosh they build up his death for so long they, they showed it in the trailer with the with the scepter there but oh my gosh having to build up the death for so long and then killing him twice to, to make it worthwhile that was insane that was really going pulling out all the stops there gosh guys um and i think that's might be a catalyst that they use because in the comics she scarlet witch goes crazy like actually like she has like a breakdown and stuff. I think this might be a catalyst for, you know, just seeing let her loved one die so many times. And it actually is kind of creepy how peaceful she looks. Well, it's kind of creepy how every, how peaceful everyone looks like Peter's the only, I don't know how I'm calling him Peter. We're not exactly on a first name basis. Uh, when Spider-Man dies off, um, he's the only one that seems kind of aware of what's happening and only the only one kind of worried and scared about the ramifications of disappearing away. But everyone else just seemed way too... Like, they couldn't say anything. Like, it didn't hurt. And that's kind of... I feel like that's not even creepier than just screaming out. Because it's like, oh, yeah, they're really just gone. Um, so that, that was that was kind of weird there. But with her, she, she goes, like, through this breakdown. And then in the comics, it leads to killing off, like, a chunk of mutants. So I wonder if this, they'll maybe use it as, like, the catalyst for bringing in the mutants, because now they can actually call them mutants instead of enhanced. Thank goodness for $42 billion for the right to say that. But I think now that they own Fox, then they can maybe use this as the way to inject some Fox characters into, uh, Fox, like, mutant characters into the mix, which would be really cool. I like that a lot. Um, going back to the, uh, going back to the disintegration thing, I, I think it was kind of messed up okay so you know 50 percent of everyone whatever that even brings up its own questions like is that 50 percent of trees 50 percent of uh of like ants like are all ants dying off speaking of which i don't know if ant-man or uh evangeline lily are gonna die off maybe that'll be their end credit scene because apparently this movie is gonna take place in between civil war and infinity war so i don't know if they're gonna mention that at the end of this uh it would be interesting to see one of them come back um in uh, one of them come back in Avengers 4 but it's it's interesting to me uh just because it's all about conservation and everything and that's really what Thanos is going for which is an interesting kind of idea and I think that they probably changed the character quite a bit or maybe they're gonna go with like more the the misunderstood route because obviously when he's talked about everywhere the in the previous movies he's just this horrible torturing monster megalomaniac douchebag psychopath awful person and here's just like oh yeah you know i'm sad and i need to do it just because it's my legacy to the 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 universe but whatever and like so on on titan 
they have they have all these people there and it's like 90% of people who die off like what the heck happened there why was it so high there and then you go back to the the main war and it ends up being the original Avengers team the only ones who stand up and it's like oh yeah if you were in an Avengers movie before uh before in phase one then you get to stay around don't you worry and it was really kind of weird to see because it's like, well, we're just back to where we started, which I guess is kind of poetic and it rhymes and stuff. And that's why I really want Avengers 4 to be called Avengers Assemble because I don't think they've said Avengers Assemble once in the movie. They tease it at the end of at the end of uh, Age of Ultron. And it's not Civil War because at the end of Civil War, you see uh, Captain America come back as the Nomad. So it has to be at the end of Age of Ultron. But... It, it's kind of interesting uh, to me, like, to see that, so they're going to have to come back together. How's Iron Man going to get back? Is he going to have to, like, fly through, or I guess Thor can teleport, but he lost his axe again because it burned up? Gosh, dude, you've got to find some better weaponry, clearly. Like, maybe make everything out of it. Don't get, like, a twig handle or something. Uh, Rocket was the only one of the Guardians to live through. That kind of... That kind of sucks for him. It goes back to the earlier line. It kind of puts it in perspective where he goes, I have so much to lose. And he loses everything. Um, so that that was pretty rough. And, you know, even with uh, with Tony Stark, with Thor, or uh, not Thor, with <laughs> with Iron Man. I guess I, I like Thor so much. I'm just thinking about him all the time. The, the half pirate, half angel god. Uh, but with him, it, it was interesting because that's a lot of what mirrors with uh with age voltron and what scarlet witch has him see in that little flashback where like he's like you could have saved us and you could have saved us if you sacrificed him but it might not have won so there's a little bit of a of a thing there uh there's a lot of speculation going on as to where he teleports at the end because obviously his daughter's there and i think they're gonna have the daughter stand in for those of you who aren't aware um Thanos' plotline in the comics is that he's actually trying to court, like, a physical version of death. Like, an actual woman version of death. And that that's his goal. That's what he's going for. And it's just his version of she's just not that into you. <laughs> but with, with this... It, he's trying to, I think they're going to use the daughter in the same case, because it's kind of hard to, to force death into it. I thought that, w- that they were going to use death on the, the soul stone uh, Vormir, Volmir, whatever it's called. I can't really pronounce alien planet names, except for nowhere. But with with that, he, um, you know, I th- then it ends up being the Red School, which is a really cool reveal, by the way. I, I liked that a lot. That was a second gasp in the theater. <laughs> but, um, with, with seeing that, you, I thought it was going to be death, but I was a little disappointed. I, when you hear the voice, it doesn't necessarily sound like a lady death, but whatever. I didn't even hear about them casting it, so it wouldn't have made sense anyways. But, you know, sometimes they just sneak in some casting there, like under the, under the wraps, and that'd be cool. Sometimes it doesn't have to be on the IMDb, IMDb page and have all the speculation. Sometimes you can just, like, sneak it in under the covers. But with, uh... With Thanos, I think they're going to have his, like, a little baby Gamora standing for that. And they're in this, like, weird red, orangish kind of pagoda area. And that might, some people are saying that could be inside the Soul Stone because they've had that. It's called, like, the Soul World or the Soul Dimension. And that would be interesting to see of just the idea of having this whole dimension. Is that where, like, the people's souls go to? Or what's the purpose of the Soul Soul Stone? Because we see him use every single other stone individually in the, its own way we see him use the reality stone a lot which is a fun one but it's not it's a little weird do they even use it that much when it was the aether in uh 
in Thor the Dark World? Probably not. Probably There was nothing that happened that was memorable in Thor the Dark World. Um, except it was the last movie Natalie Portman was in for the, for the series. I guess they just dropped her. Uh, and then they were like, oh yeah, let's make Thor interesting. And which they did, which was super cool. I guess if they wanted to kill off everyone and get back to the uh, original Avengers team, then they would have to kill off Fun, fun Thor and then just bring back his long hair and <laughs> kill off the fun half of him and just have uh, him go back to his regular his regular long-haired, big bicep self with nothing interesting going on except for a few quips, which everyone gets got to get their quips. This is Quip Central in Marvel. They got quips to go around, quips to spare. Uh, which which does get a little boring. They actually don't do it as much. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 had a bit of a problem of undercutting every serious moment with a like, quip. And it, and you can always kind of see it because that's kind of a staple of James Gunn's uh, writing style. And it's a little bit in Thor Ragnarok. It's not so much. But here, obviously, this is a way bigger movie that they have to be careful with. So they had to not do it so much here. And that makes sense because I'm glad they did that because that would have been a felt that would have felt a little unearned there. Uh, they they do interesting things with the with the pacing that help with um, the story. Some people thought that they weren't going to be able to get all the Infinity Stones in the trailer because obviously they do that thing where they just like CGI out the stuff like they don't show him having certain Infinity Stones in the the last fight against uh, against the the people in Wakanda. They, they just shop out some of the stones so it looks like they have less, except for the ones that they've mentioned in the trailer. Um, obviously, we don't see him get the, the ones from the Nova Corps, uh, which is fine, because I feel like that would have been a little boring, and we just get to see John C. Riley die. That would have sucked. Um, I guess they'll have to bring back the Nova Corps when they actually have Nova. There's, a, there's reportedly a movie that's coming out. They don't want to announce anything until after this movie has like gone its course and is out of the box office, because they just... <laughs> They they want to I think that that's why they won't announce the Avengers title although it's going to be Avengers Assemble so you get ready for that if it actually is I'll, I'll look like a genius and I'm going to that's going to be crazy so I actually want to talk a little bit about Avengers four as well because it, it's interesting to see I, and I guess this is going to be like the one that we really kind of see how they handle it because this really is uh, I was talking about this with some of the people I went to go see the movie with this really is like the Empire Strikes Back part of the series or the Last Jedi I guess if you want to call it that but. I mean, this Empire Strikes Back is a much better movie, and it does <laughs> it shows those themes much better um, than than the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is a fine movie, but whatever. That's for a different Star Wars. Maybe I'll bring that up if I review uh, Han Solo coming up. But with this movie, it'll be interesting to see how they handle uh, Avengers Four. I'm gonna call it Avengers Assemble, just because I. I I wanted them to say Avengers Assemble in the next movie, and they have to reassemble everyone from from dust to dust and ash to ash. <laughs> um, but with with this movie, I I I'd think it'd be interesting because obviously they have the the Captain Marvel movie coming out with Brie Larson the a few months before. Like it's basically like the same time distance in between, uh, like Black Panther and this movie. And obviously, Black Panther they had to get him in because the battle takes place at Wakanda, and they're probably pretty glad that it worked out because if Black Black Panther kind of flopped, and that would have been pretty bad banking on that. But obviously, Black Panther did well. Um, it was a huge success and all of that, and cultural moment. Yep, yep, yep. Nothing, nothing original to say about Black Panther. Um, but with with uh, Captain Marvel, and this kind of filters in, because you know that Captain Marvel is going to be in the, in the next Avengers because he does the little trans uh, communicator 
uh, at the end, in the end credit scene, which, by the way, only one end credit scene. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, or like, early last year's summer, and there was six, or what, what five, six, I can't remember. There, there was a lot of them. Not every single one was created equal, but there was a lot. And it's, it's just weird to me how you have all of these things, and obviously there... Gosh, I mean, if we're bringing up like super-powered characters in the MCU that are going to be uh, big players, that was Adam Warlock. You get to see him, because that's, that's like a little term for him, um, in his little like egg thing, and that was I would like a super-powerful character that, that gets introduced, and he actually has a tie to like the Soul Stone. So is he going to be in the next movie? Because that would be bad. I guess they already confirmed that he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy three but probably not in this movie, but I don't know. They could be doing stuff. They like to throw us off our course anyways. They showed uh, Thor with different eye patches and stuff in uh, in the Thor Ragnarok trailers just to show that he actually might keep his eyes, but he didn't keep his eyes. He got back an eye that uh, Rocky Raccoon had to smuggle out. But with, with this, it would be interesting to see how they handle Carol Danvers or... Uh, or Captain Marvel, just because she's she's a very powerful character. And Kevin Fe- Feige, 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 I don't know how you say his name, uh, Kevin F. <laughs> With him, he he said that she's going to be one of the most powerful characters in the in the MCU. So how do you introduce her in? So let's let's all call it a two part movie, shall we? So this is be like in the second act, introducing a character that's much stronger than the rest. How do you put her in where she doesn't just feel like an ex machina that easily dispatches uh, Thanos or the villain? How do you do that? I don't know. Justice League didn't answer that. They bring back if the whole movie is just trying to bring back this person who's much stronger than the rest, and then they just easily uh, deal with or handle, say one of the words, (laughs) Skip. Um, If you you bring in this character late game into the movie, or end game, I guess if you want to use Doctor Strange's term, how do you make it feel like it's just the rest of the people even even mattered except to only bring this back like they just basically should have just got uh fury a little bit more uh, a little bit earlier had him say uh the rest of his rest of his f-bomb in the pg-13 movie which you're allowed to do i don't know if eventually they're gonna jump the gun and just do that um maybe they'll jump to james gun and he'll do it now <laughs> uh it probably would fit in more with a uh with a Guardians of the Galaxy style movie, but that that f bombs and PG thirteen movie aside, I, I think it it's going to be interesting how they handle her because obviously Superman is so much more powerful than everyone else in the Justice League that it doesn't even make sense, and he just splits apart the cubes like nothing. Like Cyborg maybe helped, but even then, I feel like if Superman just tried a little bit more, he would have easily been able to do. It. He's picking up buildings, like throwing them for distance, saving like whole countries of people. Dude's picking up like pieces of the map and throwing it right off the edge because it is in fact a flat world. <laughs> but with with it hurt Captain Marvel, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, and I, I guess, I guess we'll see. Maybe she'll just die. Maybe she's already dead, and that would just be like a huge reveal. I don't know. I like to think that in one of the fourteen million six hundred thousand uh, four other possibilities where they don't win, um, like Thanos snaps his fingers and he disappears. <laughs> like that's the fifty percent chance of just him disappearing. Like, oh man, I guess because he looks like he would take up if you're going for this like a conservation thing. Dude's a big guy. I mean, he gets big beefy CGI biceps, almost like uh, 
almost like Josh Brolin Cable, which they played the trailer for Deadpool 2. I guess it's the last trailer because it's coming out in what, like a few weeks. Uh, they played the last trailer for uh, for Deadpool 2 before the movie, and I hadn't seen that before. And oh my gosh, that looks great. Um, that should be pretty good to see. Uh, but Josh Brolin is having like the most active year of his life. Like, geez, dude, maybe you should slow down a little bit, leave some roles for some other some other young spry kids. Like Han Solo, where they had to hire an acting coach, like 90% of the movie to hire him. That See, that's that's giving the, the young kids a shot. Uh, but yeah, if you're going for, for the conservation, dude's probably eating quite a bit of food. I don't know, man. Um, but that, that's pretty cool, uh, I guess, to see if like he would just snapped his fingers and then he just like turns to dust and the gauntlet fa- falls down. That feels like that would be a pretty potential uh, victory standpoint. Are they talking like victory in like every single movie down the road? Because then I would get it because they're going to have like 14 million, 600,000 and five uh, more Marvel movies before I die, it feels like. So yeah, if they want to succeed in every single one of those Marvel movies, it would kind of statistically have to be in only one timeline. But if it's like just beating Thanos, then I don't know why it, you stop at 14 million, 600,005 or why there's not more where he just disappears if it's a 50-50% chance. I guess whoever wields it, it would kind of suck if he just started disappearing down. But I don't know. I would watch that movie. That'd be super cool. And uh, and then they go back to the ch- back to Thanos' chair and just Ned sitting there. He finally got to be the guy in the chair. Oh, man. But I, I, I really liked this movie. It's kind of a hard movie to review. I was talking about this with some friends where... You can't review it outside, or at least I can't. I don't know. I'm not the professional reviewer in any sense, and I don't claim to be, and I don't think you should just take my opinion. Obviously, see the movie for yourself and get your own opinion. That's the best way. And then read Reddit and then take their opinions and then watch Half in the Bag and then take their opinions, and then you're getting more more and closer to my, my standpoint on opinions. But no, I actually tried to stay away from as much content I could about this movie. I'm typically... I'll admit that after I see uh, any kind of movie, I'm consuming what other people have to say about it and trying to like, con- uh, and my, my opinion will be like, I'll, I'll, cause they'll, you know, some, 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 some certain people will bring up uh, standpoints and views in the movie where you're like, oh yeah, I didn't really think about it. And when you think about it in that case, then yeah, Justice League does suck. I didn't really think Justice League was good. It's not like I had to read review to tell me that, but you know, you just hear different things and you th- you think about it a little bit more and eventually you start to form more and more an opinion about this movie. But this movie is kind of hard to review because it's hard to separate it from what the other 18 Marvel movies. So it's, it's really interesting to see how, you, because this is like a this is a huge event in cinema, let alone in the Marvel universe. So when you're having when you're having this, you can't. How do you review it without reviewing like the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole? And I've actually seen that uh, with like some of the some like the score reviews, for, or I've I've heard about that from the reviews with this. Um, I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is like 86% at the time of recording this, which is actually kind of low. And I think the reason is because people are reviewing this. Uh, as like, oh yeah, we just need, like, they're tired with the superhero genre in general, and it's getting way too boring, and eventually they're kind of hoping it falls into the same vein as, like, an, a Western, the the Western franchise does in, uh, in American cinema, where it just starts to fade away because we're just tired of it, but with, uh, with this movie, you know, you get, like, people like James Cameron, who are just talking about, like, oh, yeah, I hope people get Avengers fatigued, so then they can go see my other four Avatar movies coming out, like, 20 years after the first Avatar came out, and it's like, James Cameron, some of your most 
popular movies were sequels. Like, what are you trying to do here, man? Are you just like you you did Aliens, you did Terminator 2, and you can't be talking about like people getting tired of sequels. Come on, man. You're gonna be making like a whole Avatar cinematic universe. Avatar wasn't even that great of a movie, man. The plot was you were trying to get like rare obtainium. Are you kidding me? You couldn't write anything better in a screenplay, you dumb rich bitch. It is it is going to be interesting to see how they how they handle this coming up in the cinematic universe because this obviously is going to be a big shift and I would be really pissed off and I would probably uh, would I, I would be mad at how they would handle it if their plan for the in Avengers 4 is bringing back everyone because you have to this is such a great opportunity to reset the universe and bring in some new heroes and stuff to form a new Avengers and kind of let some of the old guys go on or die oh my gosh Don Cheadle dude you were looking a little old I think the reason they had him like lose his walking is just because Don Cheadle actually couldn't, like, get on set. Come on, dude. He has been working out, but, like, geez, dude, those gray hairs are starting to light up like a Christmas tree on the top of his scalp. But after, <laughs> but besides that, I, I think this could be a great chance to, to get rid of some of the main characters. As much as I love Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, he has been in the, the franchise since the beginning, and he's remarkably expensive because of this franchise. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they're even willing to to say like yeah that's 50 million dollars or whatever it is now i don't even know um it was 50 million dollars like around the time the first avengers was coming out if i'm not mistaken but he's just so expensive and granted having iron man in a movie does mean that it does financially much better in the box office and i think that's why they featured iron man so much in the spider-man homecoming promotional material because he really is kind of a cash grab there um because he has so much notoriety over the world because all of his movies have done great but he's just becoming so expensive that I don't know if they really see that as a good investment. I would kind of like to see Captain America just kind of pass on because I, I know a lot of people really like him. He he's fine. He he he's so straight-minded and such mo so much of a moral compass that eventually moral compass characters become kind of a little uninteresting to me. And I know you have to have them in some degree, but I, I like characters that have a little bit more like broken entities to them and stuff, and like they're a little bit more shaken up, shaken up and stuff. And that that well, that would be more interesting for me to see. I don't even want to see uh, like Sam Wilson or. Uh, Falcon or uh, Winter Soldier take it over. I just kind of want to see like, oh yeah, that that faded away, and now we're into some new kind of moral compass heroes or more righteous heroes here, and that would be more interesting to see. They can't even play the moral compass cards so much with him anymore, just because he's he's been off the law for so long. But one thing that would be uh, interesting to see. Well, okay, so with another thing with the heroes and stuff is that, you know, you have these characters like Black Widow and Hawkeye and all of these people where, like, if you look at them at their own movie and their own little way, yeah, they're complete badasses and they've got, like, hundreds of thousands of confirmed kills and it's like, well, oh my gosh, how are they destroying down entire governments? And then you, as the Marvel Universe expands, though, and you're starting to get more technically minded and superior heroes like... uh your Ant-Mans and stuff, and if you're getting, like, the weirder side, like Doctor Strange and um, and that, and, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then if they do put in Adam Warlock and stuff and Carol Danvers, these are remarkably powerful characters that it just, it weakens these, uh, it makes these other characters look so poor in comparison. And these movies kind of do have a theme where as 
you're watching everyone like be as powerful as they are, you start to see them like comparatively to each other, and you're like, oh yeah, well they're really cool, and they just did some really cool stuff there on the battlefield. But oh my gosh, did you just see what he did? And like, oh my gosh, he's like bringing down entire moons on them. And it's like, well, who's the most powerful person? And I guess the answer is Carol, uh, <laughs> Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, coming out in 2019, March. Um, and I, that should be a good movie. I, I'm literally looking forward to it. I like that they're going to bring Coulson into it. It takes place in the 90s, so they're going to have to do some de-aging and then aging to her, because, oh my gosh, where's she been for all these times that New York's been attacked and stuff? She's just been apparently on call, waiting. She's like, oh yeah, sometime uh, Fury's going to call me, and then I can go in and save the day. And it has to be apparently only in her contract if there's like a a guy who was purple, then bluish, and then kind of pinkish in hue, and he kind of looks like a, yeah, a big beefed up version of rick harrison <laughs> but uh but that that's the only case in which you can get called in that's uh that's what general ross said and one of the records that we set she's only able to get called in under this 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 and this and this and this and there has to be 19 movies ahead of her uh and then we'll be able to get her in don't you worry so and then it's going to be interesting to see how movies like Ant-Man, which is comes out this year, and it's kind of interesting that they're pushing all of their release schedule to the first half of this year. Like, every big Disney uh, spinoff movie comes out, or sorry, every big Disney, like, subsidiary uh, company movie, like Marvel and Star Wars, is coming out first half of the year. Like, we're already going to be done with our three Marvel movies for the year after Ant-Man and the Wasp this uh, this year, and I guess they'll have to address some of the things uh, with that, like I already mentioned, but I, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see how that goes. And it, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of interested to, to see what they're, what they're going to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe after this. I think that they could use Spider-Man as like the new, uh, rich or like super technology minded like tony stark-esque figure that would be really interesting um guardians of the galaxy they're supposed to be bringing back in stallone's team after that uh that separate little scene that they did there at the end of uh, guardians of the galaxy 2 with his whole original guardians they're supposed to be doing a movie about that that would be great um just seeing their characters but I, I guess we'll we'll kind of have to see how they handle it and then how they bring in the Fox hero, uh, the Fox superheroes. I would love my my one movie that I would love to see more than anything done right for a, a superhero movie is a true Fantastic Four movie because, oh my gosh, that'd be so great. And they have to do it not as an origin story. I'm sick of seeing their origin stories. I'm sick of like origin stories in general, really. Uh, just give me Fantastic Four as Fantastic Four because the Fantastic Four are like their main character defining traits are not because they went through their big event of like turning into superheroes. They didn't change after that. They are still like rambunctious scientists, but that's a discussion about Fantastic Four for another day. If you haven't seen one video, uh, How to Make a Good Fantastic Four Movie by uh, Peter H. Willems, it's great. I love that. Uh, sorry, Patrick H. Willems. I don't want to get that name. <laughs> Just search up How to Make a Good Fantastic Four Movie uh, and it'll come up. The, uh, movie, that video is great. It's a little video essay that I love. But enough promotion to other videos. Watch that after this video, by the way. <laughs> but as far as how they how they sort of bring in some of these other characters like is Deadpool going to enter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that'd be interesting i don't know they have a lot of they have a lot of opportunities that they can mess with and i hope that they do it right obviously as long as Kevin F is still i don't want to mess up his name as long as Kevin F is still in the in the mix he's been good he's been around since the beginning and he's been doing great so i hope that we're going to get some some other interesting things here but 
as far as that, I don't, I don't know what else I have to say about this movie. Um, I, I think it's great. If you haven't seen it and you just heard every spoiler for it, I'm very sorry. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're not too disappointed with that. But thank you everybody for listening. This has been, you've been tuned into the Kerfuffle Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please make sure to check out some of our other episodes as well as subscribe to get notified next time we go uh, live with an episode. Well, if you want to get notified on YouTube, really, you got to like hit the bell and then you got to hit the bell and then hit all notifications because sometimes it's on occasional locations. And if, they make, if that seems weird because you'd think, well, shouldn't just subscribing get me in for all notation, notifications? Yes. You can also listen to the podcast on everywhere that you can get the audio version of this podcast. More and more opportunities to listen to it are becoming available today. That's anchor.fm slash kerfuffle. K-E-R-F-U-F-F-E-L-E. I don't want to misspell my own podcast name. Um, It's on SoundCloud if you're interested there. But enough plugging for that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I will see you next time.